From the poorhouse to the palace, Bethel Baptist Church is pleased to bring you this uplifting program hosted by Dr. Doug Castle. Please stay with us and open your heart as Dr. Castle opens God's Word. Well, God bless you, and thank you for joining us today here from the Poor House of the Palace. Pastor Castle here, and we're going to begin Zechariah chapter 8. We're looking at the fast, Zechariah's fast in chapter 7 and 8. And uh, we, have seen the sacri- we have seen the sorrows, the sacrilege, and the beginning of the salvation of their fast in chapter 7. And today we're going to begin to go in in chapter 8, those four fasts that the Jews kept in remembrance of the city of Jerusalem being overtaken, and then later it was burned, and then Gedaliah the prophet was killed, and then the captivity taken away. Way. Uh, in, in those four events they celebrated, but the fast had just become a vain tradition and a ritual. And God said, you've been disobedient to me. What good's fasting when you're disobedient? Now, we're, we're, going, to, uh, we're going to see how their failure will be turned into fortune now. You know, uh, one of the old preachers used to say that the, Dr. Ironside said that the value of the study of future prophecy is strikingly displayed in this chapter where we find God through his servant, drawing back the veil that hides the coming glory in order that his people may be able to comprehend in some measure their hope that their present path may be in accordance therewith. What he said is, chapter 8, God is revealing and unfolding and going to reveal the future and reveal the future joy that is to be theirs. Verse 19 is the key to this chapter. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the fast of the fourth month, the fast of the fifth month, and the fast of the seventh, and the fast of the tenth shall be. Remember, I listed those four fasts. They they held them one fast four times a year for those four different reasons, the fourth month, fifth, seventh, and tenth month. Shall be to the house of Judah joy and gladness and cheerful feast. Therefore, love the truth and peace. Their exile was going to be turned into exaltation. And their failure is turned into fortune. Verse 1 says this of Zechariah chapter 8. Again the word of the Lord came uh, uh, again the word of the Lord of hosts came to me saying, Do you know how many times we've heard that already? The word of the Lord came to Zechariah in chapter 7 in order to answer the question of the fast. He comes again in this chapter. This is the third time God spoke to Zechariah after his visions of the night. Remember, the visions were two years past, uh, two years different. They took them four years. They laid the foundation six years that had lain desolate. Now Zechariah comes. He gives the first eight, the visions of the night. Two years have passed. They're halfway through to finishing the temple. And now we get these words on the fast. And uh, you find the phrase, thus saith the Lord, also including the word of the Lord, 13 times in 23 verses in these chapters. Now, verse 2, thus saith the Lord of hosts, I was jealous for Zion with great jealousy, and I was jealous for her with great fury. There is an unrighteous jealousy, and there is a righteous jealousy. God is jealous. He is a jealous God, he says. He's jealous for Zion with a great and a righteous jealousy. His jealousy led him to fury. And uh, number chapter 5 gives us the record of the law of jealousy. It was for a man that was jealous over his wife. The man would take his wife to the priest, and the priest would fulfill the ceremonial law of jealousy. A man that was not sure of his, of his wife's fidelity, if she's been faithful to him, if she'd been unfaithful with another man, and he was in doubt, and he could prove the purity or the infidelity or unfaithfulness of his bride by the law of jealousy. This is what would happen. A man would bring a jealousy offering of barley to the priest, the poor bread. And this offering was brought, uh, would bring iniquity 
to remembrance. It would bring to light if she had been unfaithful. And they brought the woman and set her before the Lord. The priest would take holy water and dust from the floor of the tabernacle and mix them to form a bitter water. No lie. Amen. And the woman's head was uncovered and she had to drink the water. As she drank the water, the priest cursed the woman and waved the barley offering of jealousy over her uncovered head before the Lord. And a handful of the barley was offered as a burnt offering on the brazen altar. Then he wrote the curses in a book and blotted them out with some of the bitter water. Now, if the woman was guilty... If you went to Numbers 5, you could read all this. Her belly would swell and her thigh would rot and she would become barren and bear no children. If she was pure and the jealousy was just imagined and not true and she had been faithful, she would not swell and she would conceive seed most of the time immediately. God knew that Israel had been in an adulterous and idolatrous wife and he came in his fury and meted out his wrath, but yet God was still merciful and compassionate to her. Now, verse 3 says this, Thus saith the Lord, I am returned unto Zion, and will dwell in the midst of Jerusalem. And Jerusalem shall be called a city of truth, and the mountain of the Lord of hosts, the holy mountain. See, God said, look, I've punished you. I've sent you away. You've been proven guilty. Your belly has swelled. Your thigh has rot. You've been barren in the land of Babylon. Now I brought you home, and I'm going to restore you mercy and compassion. And this verse, verse 3, marks the 11th prophecy found in Zechariah. God promised to return to Zion and dwell with her as in days of old within the veil when the Shekinah glory presence, the Holy Spirit, filled the uh, Ark of the Covenant and the Holy of Holies. Jerusalem will become a city of truth when the truth comes in the person of Jesus as the prophet, priest, and king in the millennial reign of Christ. The mountain will become a holy mountain, the land a holy land. Remember the proper context of the term holy land we've seen is millennial. We we call the land of Israel uh, today, we call it the holy land. But the truth is that God only uses that term once in in the Bible and only uses it in direct reference to the millennium when Jesus rules and reigns for a thousand years. It is a a present promise to us that is yet to come. And uh, now we come to verses 4 through 6. Look at what the Bible says here in these verses. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, There shall yet old men and women, old, old men and old women dwell in the streets of Jerusalem, and every man with his staff in his hand for, for very age, or of every age. And the streets of the city shall be full of boys and girls playing in the streets thereof. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, It shall be marvelous in, his, in the eyes of the remnant of this people in these days. Should it also be marvelous in my eyes, saith the Lord of hosts? Now look, he's saying, look, the city will be a city for the old. This does not mean old as in poor health, but old as in great years. And in the millennium, health will be almost perfect. They'll live long lives. A child should die 100 years old, Isaiah tells us. It'll be back like when the days of Adam and Noah and Enoch and Methuselah, when people lived 900 and 1,000 years. The streets of Jerusalem in this day was a place of danger. They were streets of terror and warfare. By the way, they are today, are they not? And the streets are full of soldiers with guns. They're full of jeeps and personnel carriers and hummers and machine guns. I've seen it myself. I've been there. My wife and I have seen it with our own hands. Wars and likely enemy uh, coming in. Look, hey, Iran has promised to uh, to to preemptive strike uh, Israel as soon as she gets these nuclear bombs ready and hope probably will by this spring. Look, there's war and rumors of war even now. 
And uh, I've had articles sent to me about children, suicide bombers, and our troops in the Middle East currently have 24 young children under arrest, or they did uh, at at some point, that were found to be suicide bombers. It's one of the deadliest attacks. A 12-year-old boy was wearing, not that long ago, a suicide vest and detonated himself in a crowded marketplace in Paktika uh, province and killed four people, including a uh, high-ranking local Afghan official and wounded a dozen others. In late May, Uh, of 2012 Afghan security forces arrested a nine-year-old and two other boys as they attempted to cross into Afghanistan from Pakistan according to an official uh, uh, Afghan interior ministry with direct knowledge of the incident who who asked to remain anonymous now look three boys were all under the age of 14 and admitted they had been sent into the country to carry out suicide attacks the official said and more than two dozen would be child bombers are in Afghan custody with mo- the most arrested in eastern most of them arrested in eastern Afghanistan the official said now look now think of children playing baseball and riding bicycles on their on the streets of their hometown think of them playing tag and freeze tag and hide and seek and playing in the streets is a sign of peace and safety or i remember when i was a boy how we loved it when they would oh they turned a fire hydrants on out in the street and they just let the water run out i don't remember why all the reasons why they did that but we'd go out there and play in the streets and as the water was coming out of the fire hydrant and and uh, you know it's again it's a sign of peace the jews have been hadn't had been experiencing a semblance of peace in their present condition but uh and they were loving that and enjoying it. It was marvelous compared to living in captivity in Babylon. And if this little bit of peace was marvelous then in that moment, imagine how much more marvelous it will be for Jerusalem during the millennium. And they'll experience more peace and safety in Jerusalem than they have ever known in their entire history. And I just gave you some things that have happened in the last year or so. Uh, and all the, the rockets, 3,000 rockets in 12 months that were fired on Israel in 2012 and, and, and all, in Ashdod and all these and towards Jerusalem and all these other places through uh, Hezbollah and you know what Uh, peace is coming to them peace for their children you know what people parents would rather have peace for their children than they would for themselves and God said I'm going to make peace for the old man and for the babies and that means for everyone in between oh the millennium is a great promise by the way it's a promise for you and I child of God one day we'll we'll live during the millennium and we'll experience the same peace and safety that God promised to them will be our joys also and we certainly look forward to that and uh, my time is gone for today you join us tomorrow and we'll continue on in uh, in these verses in chapter in chapter number 8 the first 17 how God takes their failure and turns it into a fortune God bless you until our time Tomorrow. The table of the king, no longer a pauper in rags of poverty. You've been enjoying the program from the poorhouse to the palace. Find Pastor Castle's Bible commentaries and other resources when you visit the website bbclinton.com. Archive broadcasts of this radio program are available at wytjradio.com. Listen to the latest broadcast wherever you are or catch up on what you missed whenever you want by subscribing to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. Just search From the Poor House to the Palace. From the Poor House to the Palace.